We are back in business. Yay! I just need to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, I realize we can totally talk about all the, like, oh, we've been on a hiatus so long, but realizing we have two other episodes to release uh, before that. That's it. Realistically, I was going to say, like, hey, we're not dead or something like that, but realistically, this is going to be part of a regular upload schedule. It's not a twisty, is it? No, it's a it's a, it's a a bottle opener one. Well, we're fucked. I, I have my wallet on me. Get wallet of magic with bottle opener. Oh, oh! I still need to get one of those little bottle openers. Yeah, my new like really that. blingy gold wallet I got. Nice wedding gift. Uh, to myself. I want uh, a little new bottle opener. Yes, a lot has changed since I guess. I mean, for you again, it's probably been like what a couple weeks since you've heard our last episode. But for us, we haven't recorded in what two months. Yeah, no, we uh a little behind in our schedule there. I, I blame myself mostly. Yeah, you and your marriage. Had to get married and shit, didn't I? Yeah. Damn it. Insert your own jokes here, audience. Hey, well, due to that marriage, we now have an unlimited supply of beer for (coughs) the next thousand episodes. Yeah, I can't complain too much. (laughs) Yes, it seems for the wedding we stocked up on uh, Keith's Red and Heineken. Uh, Out of the 48 Heinekens we bought for the wedding, 47 came home with me. Seriously, one Heineken got drunk at the wedding. I... Probably not. I didn't have any. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I saw anyone drink beer. Maybe like one of the guests had beers out of wine or something. But uh, there's enough beer. So for the next few shows, it'll be Heineken's and Keith's. Yeah, it's going to be Heineken's, Keith's. I mean, I see that hard liquor, but I imagine you guys want to save that for... Uh, yeah, we have enough for the bust open. We can probably make some Mai Tais one of these days. Ooh, Mai Tais. I, I, again, so part of the wedding was also the week, two and a half weeks in Hawaii for the honeymoon. And I had many of my tie, and they are very fantastic drinks. Uh, and I'm not normally a rum guy, so now that I'm looking at this stock of liquor that we cannot return because either it was already opened or was purchased outside of Canada, such as uh, trips to Maine and um, smuggling some back from with us, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's long enough now we can get arrested for that, right? There's a statute of limitations or something. Yeah. That's a, that's a totally. thing we have. And of course, you know, government officials are going to listen to this podcast and, you know, indict you. I mean... We're we're just egg, we're just egging into territory I don't want to get into with this, with with governments. We dare you. <laughs> yes, challenge Trudeau. <coughs> Come at me, bro. Take my booze away. I smuggled into Canada from the U.S. I don't think Trudeau. I don't know if that's his jurisdiction. Maybe. I just want Trudeau to come drink with me. Oh, maybe he would. Um, on the topic like of the booze, though, this IPA is actually really good. Like, is it? I'm with you. I'm usually not an IPA guy. Like, I'm not an IPA person normally, so I I uh. I usually stay away from it, but the Keith's Red, uh, always a safe bet. Always a solid bet. Well, that was it. So for the wedding, we ended with Heineken and Keith's Red, and that's why we have a bunch left over, because most people drank hard liquor or, you know, wine. Yeah, I remember when Paula was asking me, like, which beer should we get for the wedding? I, I just remember thinking, like, well, I mean, you could get beer, but I don't imagine a lot of it's going to be drank. I feel at a wedding, you, you go for the hard stuff, or you go for the wine. Mm-hmm. But, I feel like it does prove point, but in the end, I think we both knew that no matter what booze didn't get used, could be returned. If not, we would make use of. We are people who drink booze. There you go. I mean, it would get it would get uh, yeah. imbibed. <laughs> mm. So when I went to grab the beers, I grabbed an IPA from Keith's. I didn't know it was in the fridge, and volunteered being the uh, the the one at fault for grabbing the wrong beer to be the one to drink it. But uh, I'm actually really happy with it. It's surprisingly light and flavorful. The IPA? Yeah, I'm like really surprised. Like, I would actually go and order this. Well, that's good. Hmm. Um, all right, I'm back. I'm back. I had to 
get my comments ready for our subject to be announced. Well, you probably have seen it already since you probably clicked on the episode, but... I still say some people must just hit play and not notice the title. It's entirely possible. Or choose to ignore it. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just want to hope that somebody hears a segue to our subject in another few minutes and goes, (gasps) That's your topic? Where did that come from? Out of left field. Sporting. Um, Have you seen the new Harry Potter? I actually haven't seen it yet. I have not either. I was going to ask I, you. I really do want to go see it. I do too. Um, Shan doesn't want to see it, so I'm going to have to find some other way to, to get out there. Or, hey. That high was five. me waving high-fiving at you because we can go see it together. We could. We are allowed it. to hang out outside of work and this podcast, it turns out. That's true. We went for beer and shisha the other day. We did. Uh, I mean, we were we were supposed to go to the board game bar, but that didn't that Yeah, didn't over out. an hour wait to get in, in oh. the cold. Fuck that, that wasn't happening. It was warmer than it is right now. Like, a, it wasn't snowing, which it is now. Yeah, I gotta say, it, it just it shows Montreal's weather a little bit right there. That the last time we recorded, we were definitely sitting in this room begging to die from the heat. Begging to die. Yeah. And here uh, we are looking at a fucking snowstorm outside. We, we only had, two months later. We yeah, we had gotten to a point where it just seemed like every episode we recorded, it would just naturally be thirty degrees. Humid, not windy, nothing. Just, just you'd want to die. And of course, we are in this room that's closed off for a good reason, you know, for protecting the integrity mm-hmm. of the sound of the podcast and such. But it, it's kind of nice not to be suffocating. And the beer helps, but it's not perfect. Yeah, and I mean, at least my apartment isn't that. It, it's temperature controlled by the building, so at least it's a little warm in here. It's not like it's freezing, like. Oh, it's minus eight outside. Better put on our snowsuits while we record. Our snowsuits. Come mid-February, we might be doing that, okay? I don't doubt it. Yeah, toques and scarfs. Toques <laughs> and scarfs. Um, I'm going to look up, because it's out now, you write Fantastic Beasts. So I'm curious how it's been reviewed. I've only I... heard reviews from friends, and the people I know who are fans of the Harry Potter universe have all loved it. A few people I've heard who aren't necessarily Harry Potter fan heads are just like, eh, it was... Alright, Meh. IMDb has given it so far an average of 8 on 10, and that's 43,000 ratings. So, that's 8 on good. 10 is, that's yeah. pretty good. 8 on 10 is pretty decent. Eddie Redmayne's a good actor, so I definitely have, have confidence that he would play a good Newt, Newt skin. I never read the, I didn't read the book. Well, that's, I find it really funny, because they're apparently making five movies. So this is the first of five, apparently, they're doing in this series. Yeah. Whether they'll all be about Newt, or just in this kind of universe of, like, the extended Harry Potter lore, like maybe they'll jump forward in time, maybe they'll like bring in other like characters in the history or like younger ca- versions of characters yeah. we may have met in the Harry Potter world. I, I but think, this yeah. is, it wasn't based on a book. But, like, it was based on a character within the series. <coughs> yeah, he is a and character in the canon. At one point, she had put out uh, J.K. Rowling. She had put out a few miniature books, like they were like it's maybe almost, like thirty page like paperbacks. It's akin to Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion that Tolkien put out, and like there is an extended universe. But know? even that, that is like an extended universe, like a guide to the world. It yes, covers a lot of the lore. Not quite to the same extent. Literally, what she put out was a dictionary of like thirty or forty creatures. Some you may have heard out heard of in the books, and some she totally made up for this piece. Just made up for it. And the premise is it was Newt's commander who went out and studied all these creatures to write this book. Mm-hmm. So literally, this entire movie is based off the fact that this guy wrote a book about magical creatures and where to find them, and the fact that she then released a book 
on as if published by him of like the 30 or 40 beasts he found in what were to and it's in america yeah and that's it like overall i'm not complaining about it anyway i I loved the character i loved that was probably my favorite bit of lore from the uh, harry potter universe was that little fantastical piece where to find them because i loved all those crazy creatures and like the crazy stories behind them yeah, and then no. I gotta say, like the trailers was one. I love the uh, New York Prohibition era, like cops and like gangs, and then magic. That's it. I mean, keep in mind, Harry Potter technically is set in like what the nineties. Mm-hmm. So people forget that, even though the movies came out in two thousand, you know, they stopped coming out in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, something like yeah. that. The the actual books, like the 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 setting is the nineties, and so people like. I don't know. I think what there are some people like who are supposed to go and celebrate the the nineteen years later mm-hmm. uh, thing because that actually happened at the time that we were reading the book. I'm just happy to go back to the Harry Potter universe, and I hope that you know maybe we'll see something from the Cursed Child. I have, I actually didn't read the book. I heard good things about it. I think it got a four point seventy five out of five on Goodreads. Nice. Yeah, yeah that one too. Uh, I mean, I caught the gist of it, the story of it, how it was going to be a play, and it was written as like a screenplay, less of a book. And it's yeah. apparently two parts, but they put out just one book in the end or something. Okay. I haven't read it. I haven't really looked into it yet. But I am, like I said, I'm just happy to see them going back to the Harry Potter universe. That for me was like, that sort of happened around the time where internet spoil. I mean, okay, later on, a couple of the books did get the internet spoiler effect. <laughs> but some of the earlier ones, I, our friend Josh actually wrote a really nice blog post about it um, a few years ago and how it was like, you know, when, let's say when book four came out, it was, you know. That'd be Goblet of Fire, right? Yeah, Sorry. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so that, then it was just like, I'm reading the book, I go to school, and I couldn't wait to come home and just like continue the book. And there was no spoilers, it was really just, I was so immersed in the universe, and I kept waiting for the next book to come out. And it was just that, that I don't know, that like, youthful exuberance. And I, I hear, I, I get what you mean though, and I, I do really enjoy that. That's it. So I guess I guess seeing them go back to that universe, even if it's not Harry, it's still in the Harry Potter universe. Like this, you know, Newt does a thing that does a thing that creates a character and a creature goes on and maybe interacts with Harry in some way. I don't know. I've always liked those extended universes. That's um, it. As long as you're not clearly doing it to profit on things. Like they're talking about for Game of Thrones once the actual series ends, the TV show, they're thinking about doing the prequel because they make so many references to... Um, King Robert and the Rebellion and the mm. Mad King and all that, right? They were actually thinking of doing a prequel TV show um, around that, which I think would be super cool. Because That'd A... be kind of cool, yeah. That's it. A, the lore exists, right? And B, you could... St- I mean, HBO, from a, from a monetary standpoint, people will eat that shit up still. Like, it's... You know, it's still... Ned Stark would be in it. I mean, probably not Sean Bean, but young Ned Stark, young No, because they'd have to kill him again. They'd have to... Yeah, that's it. Well, he didn't die yet. <laughs> A spoiler alert. For the episode... Episode five? Episode nine. Oh, yeah, it's a 10-episode season, the first one. I forget. I was thinking it's shorter. Yeah, they're all 10 episodes, but the upcoming one is going to be seven, and then the last one will be eight, and that is it. Yeah. And hopefully the books come out in good time. Yeah, yeah, sure, you're still one of the book reader guys. I still, yeah. I still haven't done the books. Still holding out book. hope that The Winds of Winter, the, the next book, it's, and there's still one more after that. The Winds of Winter is going to come out sometime in 2017. But we've been saying that since 2011, so... Keep hoping. <laughs> the, um, the, the wait continues. To kind of dabble in that same subject of like extending a universe, um, you can imagine what I've been doing nonstop for the last four or five days. Playing Pokemon. Yep, yeah, Pokemon Sun and Moon. I, I'm playing Sun specifically. Mm-hmm. But this one, 
I found really interesting because I've gotten a lot of reviews from people who are either long-time players like myself or new right. to the series. Okay. And they're doing a lot of cool things that kind of dabble in the making it more accessible to newer players. Mm-hmm. And they've even done this one thing where they've kind of gone, especially with the whole Pokemon Go being so big recently. Yeah. They've, specifically to that first generation, that first 151, they brought back a lot of them in this game. Mm-hmm. But... They're, in this game, takes place in Alola, their version of the Hawaii Islands. Okay. They're Alolan variants. Alright, I've seen some some tweets on the matter. Yes. Like, so an example they'd give is, is this it... Pokemon, when brought to this region because of the way they were bred and kept and the way they lived in the environment, it changed their, their visual appearance, how they how they work, how they fight, their typing, yeah. all their stats. I think the most... The biggest one I've seen was Executor. Yeah, this the, one became quite the source of a few it, memes. Yeah, it became quite... I think we talked about this in I'm a sure earlier podcast. Earlier not in as much detail, of course, but... That's it. I don't mind when you do extended universe stuff, and, like, Telltale does some cool ones with, mm-hmm. like, Tales from the Borderlands. It does Game of Thrones. It does, um... Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Well, Walking Dead I'm not as much a fan of. Yeah, um, but also Walking Dead is that series where every single piece of media that touches it is a completely unique universe. Yes, uh, for example, Fear of the Walking Dead, the prequel is a mm-hmm. sort of. I mean, it's not a unique universe. But yeah, it's I think unique, Fear. I think Fear of the Walking Dead is the only one where it still has some ties to the the standard TV show. It has some ties in the sense that this is the origin story, or at least in this area of the world, this is. But it doesn't totally erase the canon. Like you look at the comics, no. you go like, "This character died in issue thirty something." That's it. In the show, they're still there. That's it. Fear the Walking Dead doesn't erase the canon, but it also doesn't really lead into the canon. It's just within way. the same universe. It's within the same universe, but it's I think it's maybe years or so before. I, I really don't know the exact. Uh, I haven't watched in a little while. I, yeah. I, I watched the first half of season two. I uh, you can do ask Walking Zeke. Dead. He would know. Yeah, I couldn't do Walking. I've never really watched The Walking Dead itself. I watched the prequel. I don't know. Uh, why. <laughs> I read most of the comics. Got pretty far into those before I kind of fell out of love with them. And the show, I tried. I tried so hard to like the show, but yeah. halfway through season two, and I just said, "Fuck it." That's fair. I'm trying to think of franchise that really just milked way too much the extended universe, and I'm, I'm I can't really think of one off the top of my head. But there's definitely times where it's. It's just a little gratuitous, and it's just like... Yeah, the only example is... that really comes to mind of like a universe that was a little overdone, and it's not so much the universe or the original story, it was kind of the retelling of it, and I think you can kind of guess where I'm going with this one, maybe? The retelling of it, the retelling of it. I'm, I'm going to say, oh, as soon as you say it, but... The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Because okay. we had three amazing books that made the Lord of the Rings series. Yes. They had their extended director cuts to kind of cover the details they couldn't fit into the original theatrical Apparently those releases. are on Netflix now. Really? Yes. Fuck. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, oh, I'm going to have some time between exams and oh. holidays. Uh, that'll probably be what I'm doing. It's a few evenings worth of watching, but I haven't watched those movies in years. I have to I, go back to them. Oh, absolutely. They still hold up. Yeah. But yes, to, to go to what you're saying. Okay, well, on one end... I never got on board with the whole hate train of it, where people were like, oh, yeah, three movies is way too much for one book. Fair. Mm-hmm. But the movies themselves were... I enjoyed them. Maybe the third one was a little like, okay. Yeah, I feel like you lot. could have done the first and second and probably summed up the third at the end of the... You probably, you probably could have done two very comfortable movies, and I would have been very happy. The third movie was pretty much a battle. It was a war scene. So take out some of the gratuitous stuff from the second or the first or from both. 
put the battle at the end and wrap it all up. You could definitely do that in yeah. two movies. People had the patience for a three-hour Lord of the Rings. They'll have patience for a three-hour Hobbit because it's the same fan base that's going to both of them. That's it. Like, my favorite point of this entire thing, the Hobbit was probably my favorite <coughs> of, if you count them as four whole books, in my opinion, which yeah. it should be, The Hobbit was my favorite. It was the one that got me into fantasy as a genre to begin with. That's what right. I read when I was young. Yeah. And I, I didn't reread it, per se, but I got with a lot of Sparks notes or a lot of conversations about the book with the movies being released. And literally, there is a scene in the movie where the main character gets hit in the head with a rock and passes out, mm-hmm. and then comes to a few minutes later and there's another fight scene. Yeah. In the book, he gets knocked out, wakes up after the entire war has finished, is given a three-sentence summary of the war, and then the book continues. <laughs> so they literally made a third movie about that chunk of time he was knocked out in the books about. <clears throat> Which, to me, I mean, great place to fit it in. It is canonical. You aren't breaking the universe to do it. But it's so unnecessary to that character, to that character's development, and to that storyline. Right. It was purely done for the sake of, let's have a third movie. Okay. Because you're never going to do... I, I, what was the last time you think of a series that did two movies? A series that did two movies? Like, where there was a first and a second, and the second one was actually, like, a big thing. Like, I think back to... Some of the Disney films would do like a, a second Little Mermaid or a second, um, I don't know, it's actually three, there are three Aladdins on top of all that. But a lot of times yeah. when there's a second movie, it's like a, a tacked on sequel with no real story. They just did for the sake of making money. Lion King. Yeah. I think Lion King had two and then two and a half with uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's it. A but lot like of any, that. any big Hollywood movie, as soon as it goes to, ooh, this is good, let's make it a, tr- a trilogy. You'll never see, let's just make a sequel. It's true. Except for maybe Pixar. Pixar, because Pixar doesn't care. Pixar, like, most of the the things, let's not say all, but most, because there's still Cars and Cars 2. Well, there's there's an example. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of what Pixar does is generally very, very good. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, they've they've announced that Toy Story 4 is coming out in, what, 2019? And I've already bought tickets. (laughs) That's it. People are camping out. No, like not, but. Incredibles 2 the, the logo is so simple but so beautiful I was just like sold yeah Pixar definitely has a way of creating their own hype but yeah it does seem like 3 is the magic number mm-hmm. and I you know for, for me like I uh, this could be a whole episode in itself like extended universes <laughs> ad, you know adaptation from book to oh, movie yeah, no, that's things a... like that that could be an entirely you know it's own conversation like, I could spend so much time on that. But I guess, for me, it's like, as much as I do appreciate, you know, book to film or to book to TV show or mm-hmm. book to whatever, I as much as I appreciate honoring that as much as possible, I never understood it for Lord of the Rings because, let's be honest, I love Lord of the Rings, I love the books, I love the films... But there is a lot of shit in Lord of the Rings that just simply is not interesting from a movie standpoint. Like, people complain about Tom Bombadil. What? What? <laughs> like, it's one thing to have him in the books. What purpose does he serve in the movie? None. It's just people have a huge hard-on for him because he's just a weird, funny character. 
Yeah. And they just want to see him there. It's the same. There's things in Game of Thrones also that people wanted to see just because it was funny. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love, you know, the first season and book one are very, very similar. But at a certain point, there's so many characters that come in who are ultimately not important or can be merged into one or can be like just gotten rid of completely. Like literally, especially I'm going to Game of Thrones now because Dude, I've yeah. read those books more recently. Literally, sometimes it's just this convoy shows up. And here's all the people who are in it. This guy, this guy, this... And then they name 12 dudes. You don't need to establish those 12 characters. Heck, you probably don't even need them at all. You just say, here's one dude. He represents all 12 of these guys. <laughs> and just the average TV show watcher or movie watcher just does not have the... You know, it's not even like comparing book readers to TV watchers. But when I'm reading a book... I can definitely keep track a lot more because I can go back. I can flip back the page just so much more easily than rewind, or rewind, asking check buddy, checking IMDb. Like, no. Did you say asking buddy? Asking buddy. Asking buddy over here. Hey, who is that there? Um, but no, but seriously, it's like people make way too much of a big deal if the movie is not exactly the same as the book. And they all, you know, obviously people are like, oh, the book is better, the book is better. I'm like, the book is different. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Yes, both are good. Or, you know, you may enjoy one better, but they're two different mediums who have two very different sets of conventions to adhere to. You just simply don't have the scope or the scale to establish as much as you can in a film or a TV show as you can in a book. There's yeah. limitations. And then I feel the, the easy way around this, and I have a few, fun few examples on the show I want to bring Yeah, go for it. Is the reference? Is it's so much fun to sneak these things in that yeah. the book reader will go, ah, yes, what a good reference he's making. Whereas the regular movie TV show goer in may just slip by or be a moot point to them mm-hmm. without having to alter the entire vision of the project. Yeah, it's a little nod, like, hey, we see you. We acknowledge that this comes from a book. This is an adaptation of a book. And, you know, we're giving you a little nod. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So that's So I, I always appreciate that, like, a reference. Like, I mean, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, one of my favorite books. I enjoy the movie, though it is very different. Mm-hmm. But they make enough nods back to the original radio drama, the original book, the other books in the series. Uh, they even make a reference to a BBC one-time mm-hmm. film they showed on-air uh, version of the books that they did. That's crazy. Like, they make some insane little tiny references that I, I only learned about later on watching this stuff, going, wait a second. Oh, and the... And making the... You know, drawing the dots there. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to bring up, speaking of references, yeah. have you ever watched the show Black Mirror? I have not, but I've seen it on Netflix, and it's definitely on my to-do list. Yeah, this is one of those shows that I recommend so highly, and it is so good because it is non... It's a non-series. No two episodes connect. Okay, so it's independent episodes. Yeah, it's like... they're, they're hour-long episodes. It's like watching mini-movies. Okay, but they're self-contained. And, yeah, and generally the most basic premise is, here's an aspect of our lives today pushed to an extreme level and how it could fuck us up. So the first episode on the Netflix, because basically it was two seasons, yeah, a Christmas special, and now we're on season three officially, okay. which is a Netflix exclusive, and they have season four in production. Damn. So the first episode of season three is about essentially a commentary on Instagram and social media. Mm-hmm. So every interaction you have with somebody, you can then rate them one to five stars. 
the higher your rating, the more your rating is worth to somebody else. So if a five-star rates you five, it's better than if a two-star rates you five. You know, Community did something like that also. Yeah, the, the Miami Beans. <laughs> very, very similar with the, the Miami yeah. Bean concept. <laughs> but it literally shows how people will uh, change their entire persona, life, and how they act to make themselves look better, to get a better rating. Because in this world, much like in the episode of the Community... Like, she goes to the airport, and she goes, oh, can I get an upgraded seat? And they're like, oh, no, that's 4.5 and higher only. Hmm. Or she goes to rent a car, and it's like, oh, the express line is 3.8 and higher only. Right. And it just, it really, it, it, I won't spoil it, but it goes to, like, some insane levels. But it really shows how, what we do with ourselves, the way we portray ourselves in social media. And it's just a really fun way to, like, get a message across. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring up, because they did an episode about video games. Okay. And that one is just really fucked up. Because it, it touches, it's one of those things you watch the show and you can kind of laugh at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it, but and the whole thing is like a gamer being like being a gamer in like a gaming scenario, and you're just like, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> oh my god, he's doing everything I would do. Oh fuck. <laughs> and that's throughout why. the series, they make some great references uh, to like everything as classic as Mario to the games like Bioshock, some really fantastic stuff. Oh wow, well, that's I actually found cool. out it was a director I really enjoyed of the episode. I had no idea. I would, I will definitely have to check that. There's so many things I want to watch. Like, yeah, I know. I'm so behind. Shannon and I have a list of movies and TV shows that we need to watch. Um, you guys still have to come over and do Moon one night. I keep saying that's our movie we have to watch. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see if we can organize that in the near future. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I didn't have anything. No? You were no. just content to be here in the room just, with me, having conversations? just happy to be here. You know? It is nice. It's, it's, it's been a while, it's like been you said. It's been a while. That's it. Uh, I mean... We saw each other at the wedding, obviously. We hung out. Yeah, and then the next time was I saw you the other day. Yeah. We, we had this entire chunk of time where we just didn't, like, I mean, like, I guess, like, in tweets and back and forth. Yeah, I mean, you were out of the country. That's it. I was in America. Yes, you were the in Land America. of the free. Land of the free. Do you see what I'm doing here? No, I don't get it. I'm slowly <laughs> segueing into our topic. Oh, my God. This is my whispering voice. I... <laughs> I'm watching the audio spike up as I whisper. <laughs> um, no, I was in Hawaii and you in a very, were. very. Uh, Hawaii is a very non-American state. Like you could spend time there and then suddenly pass by a McDonald's or a Starbucks and go, "Oh right, America. That's where I am." Yeah. You don't realize it. Hawaii is. Uh, it's so far away from everything. Mm-hmm. It's just it's such a good way world. to. It, is. it really is magical. I've never been. You, I, I mean, I, t- I say it to everyone like it's a surprise. You have to go to Hawaii. But it's one of those places that until you've gone, you don't realize. Like, it sounds like, oh, a nice tropical destination. You go, you relax. It really mm-hmm. is a different type of human being you meet there. Huh. Like, it doesn't feel like America. It just feels like its own magical place. And on that um, subject... What are we speaking of which? Speaking of which, Canada... Versus America. I realize... I said it to you and I also had it written in the notes and even now I just said it as versus? Yeah. I don't mean it to be competitive. No. I think... Uh, I mean, the way I phrased it when I uh, posted up the mm-hmm. question is just... Which do you feel is better? Where would you live if given total financial logistical freedom? And why? Yeah. That's actually a really good way to put it because there is a lot of things I... I mean, spoiler alert, I fucking love Canada and have given the choice would stay in Canada. Right. But there are so many, in my opinion, benefits to living in America. 
uh, a wider array of Netflix options is probably one. Yeah. Even just, I mean, as someone who shops online a lot, shipping? Yeah. The amount, I if, if I really went through every dollar I've spent on online purchases and got refunded every dollar spent in additional shipping because I am in Canada, mm-hmm. I'd have like three or four grand in my pocket right now. Like, That's I picked exciting. up, um, Rooster Teeth just did their Extra Life charity. They did. I put ten bucks in, got a poster. Nice. And the shipping should have been two bucks US, but to Canada was ten. Ugh. And that is ten American dollars, because of our exchange rate, was actually closer to, like, thirteen dollars. So you paid more dollars. for shipping. Than I did for the actual. Than you did for well, the Well, I mean, the item also was ten dollars, so it was twenty bucks total, oh, okay. plus the exchange rate. Okay. But it's one of those things where, again, the exchange rate's another great thing. Oh, great thing. Another great benefit of being an American is it's a much stronger dollar than Canada, let alone a lot of the world. Yes. Uh, again, I kind of want to avoid going too much into current events. Yeah, I think that's been done to death, but we do have some comments on Facebook that yes. may uh, lead I, I too, would like to hear said comments. Let's let, let's start with Commence some... Comments with the comments. Let's, let's start with some of the quicker ones, because they get, like... It's almost like... It's funny. We, they almost go in, in order of seriousness. So we get some, like, not joke answers, but really quick, like, quips. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, these lengthy... <laughs> novels that people wrote so we'll start with the quick ones and the first one actually comes from our our, our beloved editor um uh, kishi sebastian hi seb and he says canada has kinder eggs which is a fair point kinder eggs uh, i believe are banned in the states although i will funny enough while in the u.s watching uh what is their uh, shark tank is the u.s version Shark Tank, yes. Uh, one of the guys they had on who took a deal was a guy who found a loophole to that rule and is now making his own toy and egg design. Oh. So, we still... Here, here's still, to the crazy ones, right? There you go. <laughs> uh, but still, yes. One of those little things mm-hmm. is, I think, law-wise, we're a little bit more beneficial to society, whether it be things like our gun control policies or we are our more, policy on chocolate eggs and toys. We are more socialist-leaning. We are more of yeah. a socialist country, and that is not to say that we as a country are socialist. It is to say that we lean more towards the public, you know, service of the public good than the Americans, especially now under a newly elected Republican government. Again, I want to sort of tiptoe that line because we're not really a current events podcast that we... we there are smarter people saying smarter things saying than we can smart. Smarter things than we can smart. What is smart? But on that note, uh, Caitlin, so uh, my girlfriend's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, says Canada doesn't have Trump as a leader, so I think the answer is obvious. Which I can't argue with that too much. I, yes, it, I, I will agree. And I think, had we rewound this conversation several years ago, and we still had a certain office-elect that not many people uh, in Quebec that are like us liked. We do not speak his name. Yes, he should not be named. He shares a birthday with me. Oh, really? You poor mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Can we celebrate well, your birthday like one day after, one day before, or something like that? Just like... I think his birthday should be moved quite Yeah, frankly. fuck him! Fuck him. Um, and and the U.S. obviously still had their more progressive, let's say socially progressive leader for, you know, keeping things politically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I completely agree, uh, Kaylin. Speaking, even speaking as a straight white male, although a Jewish straight white male, which is apparently an issue. Yeah. Because the chief of staff is an anti-Semite. Hey, mm-hmm. but even speaking as someone with a relative position of privilege, a straight, white, 
college educated, you know, decently well off, cisgendered, male. Basically the most boring white guy the ever. The most boring white guy ever who was not spoken out against except like, oh, Jew, you know, oh, anti-Semitism. I hate to say it like that, but anti-Semitism is almost like, oh, okay, what? You know, we've been through worse. <laughs> we've had worse things done to us, but... Oh, you don't like us. I'm so sorry. Oh, at least you're not putting us in gas chambers again. And that's Jeez. it. But knowing people who belong to groups that have, in no uncertain terms, been targeted by this new impending government, I'm already a little nervous. Because but that's it, yeah. ultimately, whatever happens in the States is going to roll over a little bit into Canada. Yeah, at the like, same time, I don't think we'll ever hit a point where no the the U.S. will be so anti-Muslim or anti-colored or anti-homosexual that we'll suffer because I of don't it. think I don't think that will be an of issue. the U.S. will be that way. I think I think there will still be a lot of help offered, but I definitely understand why people are very very nervous right now in the states, and there's a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. towards what is going to come when this man is finally officially sworn into office and is no longer just president-elect. Yeah. But I mean, like, this only goes back to, like, Paul and I joked while being in Hawaii, we could live here. Like, I would fake a green card or find a way to get a job here and work at this little, uh, we found in uh, Kauai, a computer repair shop that was looking to hire. And I was just like, oh, so (laughs) tempted to find a job here. And we joked, like, oh, if, when Hillary wins, we'll come back and get jobs here and live in Hawaii. And now it's like, yeah, no, that was like a fun joke. Now it's not even like we're thinking about it. Well, you got four years now to to plan your move. Maybe, you know, someone else will be in charge. But let's let's move on to other comments. I got Emily who says, now she lives, uh, well, she lives in the UK right now, but she is born in Florida. Hmm. Um, And she says, America has the wizarding world of Harry Potter and Disney. Which is tough to argue. They definitely have better theme parks. And that is, again, I, I, I like that we're going to have lighthearted with the subjects. That was kind it's of It's starting lighthearted. And I, I kind <laughs> I of want to stay you. there because we, we keep dipping into the Trump wormhole. You mean you told me Canada versus U.S., so I sort of, you, you hey, sort of invited this I, a little bit. I accept that, but while we still have the lightheartedness, that again is one of those things where when you live in the U.S., it is not insane to take a family weekend to Universal Studios or Disney Paul again I Paul and I looked at planning one of those trips and you realize the the airfare the immigrate mm-hmm. the the dollar change and so much becomes so expensive my dad has been to Disney World 40 times Jesus fucking Christ what yeah he's a loser did he live in America for a while no he just likes Disney a I lot just Jay, if, you're, if you ever listen to the show... He might. I, he knows I do this. He's Jay, you're my it. hero. I'm, <laughs> I've am i never been. It is so hard uh, to do. I've been a few times, and you have to go... I know we're sort of digressing a little bit, but you have to go... Disney, doesn't matter. Go. You have to go to get... Di- Disney. Disney. <laughs> you have to go to Disney uh, during their Food and Wine Festival. You yeah. will spend a little more money, like, buying a... But, oh, my God. Some of those chefs, you get, like, food from all over the place, and it's... As authentic as you can get without actually going to those countries. I mean, sure, let's let's ignore the fact that they just have a booth called Africa. Um, <laughs> let's ignore that part. But the food is very good. And they have a Canada pavilion. Ooh. And, like, I love how the, the people in the Canada pavilion are like, hey, my name is John, and yes, I'm a real Canadian. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't realize we were such a museum exhibit to people in the States. But um, apparently so. 
It's always fun to go to the U.S. and be a Canadian. The, the, the weird thing... The, when you go somewhere that really... Like, if you go to Vermont, it's not that uncommon. But when you're in, like, California and you're a Canadian, you are kind of a commodity. You're kind of fun. Yeah, let's be honest. Vermont is pretty much Canada South. Vermont yeah. Vermont is, is... You know, I, I would argue Vermont and maybe, like, Minnesota are, like, the most Canadian states. Oh, we were just watching this whole thing about a uh, little... On topic still. Uh, the Northwest Angle in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a chunk... When they basically drew up the maps, they fucked up. So there's a chunk of Minnesota that is only accessible through Canada. That's... And there's about, like, 100 people who live here. And the kids have to get up at, like, 5 a.m., get on a bus, cross the border to a... Sp- not, not even a manned border patrol. So, yeah, camera phone. We were watching a whole video on this. Wow. They call in... I have these kids, da 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 da. Passport numbers, da 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 da. Or Jimmy, always absent. Yeah, he's sick. <laughs> then drive the hour or so through Canada to get back to Minnesota to drop them off at school on time for classes, and then do the whole thing the way home every day. That like, why live there? I, I they have a good fishing industry apparently. Oh. Uh, there was a while where they were actually going to become part of Canada officially. It was mostly to stir up shit, and it got, like, way too serious. Hmm, obviously. But, uh, it, it kind of fizzled away, and then the issue with the fishing kind of fizzled away as well. But it was, like, an interesting little, like, tidbit of, like, Paul yeah. loves that border stuff. When's and the last time Canada and America had, like, a border dispute like that? Probably, like, the 1800s. Oh, it would have been this one in, like, 19... Early something. Yeah. It was the, the closest yeah. we had to a border dispute. Um, so, going on with more comments... Yes, continue, uh, please. Shannon says, we have daddy... And uh, I, I feel like I have to explain that Daddy I, is a uh, what? Daddy is Justin Trudeau. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was. I, I half expected it, but given our current political state, we have a prime minister here who is just so beyond marvelous. Yes. Now, let, let let's um, he he's great, especially compared to the person who was going into office uh, down south. Yes. Um. Obviously, are there promises that he has promised that he has not necessarily fulfilled? Yes. Again, not fulfilled versus outright said I will not do? Yes. I, I still like that he is more progressive. Like, he mm-hmm. marched in the Pride Parade. which Multiple I, times that multiple no Prime times. Minister has ever done before. Yes, he is the first sitting Prime Minister in Canadian history to march in the Pride Parade. Um, there are definitely still issues with him. Yeah, yeah. But... No one, no one's perfect. I get that. I know there are a lot of issues, specifically with um, natives. Mm-hmm. Uh, native. Um... Just acknowledging it and and just making reparations for it. But again, I think that's not for our purposes. No, like, no, I no, think I agree. Enough literature is out there that if someone was really interested, they're not going to listen to us <laughs> for opinions. Yeah, if, on if it. we're your source for political news, hey, fuck, fuck out of here now, yeah, boy. I mean, listen to the rest of the episode, have fun, but then get the fuck out and learn. Shannon also adds, uh, we also have poutine with real squeaky cheese. Yeah, unless you go to Dick Ann's, in which case they use the shredded cheese still, well, which is weird. You know, let's not talk about Dick Ann's. Um, <laughs> they still make a great burger. Again, Caitlin, nah, Caitlin again comes back. Bag milk. Jigs. I don't know what jigs are. I mean, I know it's a dance, but am I missing something there? The friendly vibes. For example, I drove three drunk students home last night and wasn't, it wasn't sketchy at all. Uh, Lennoxville McDonald's walkthrough. Um, largest potato research center in the world. Really? Yeah, 13 new potatoes are discovered every year. You know, I'm not surprised by this fact as much as I'm impressed by this fact. Of course Canada would research more potatoes. 
Yes. For more exotic routines. I do... Yeah, well, that's it. It is important. I do not know what jigs are, though. J-I-G-G-S. Apparently, it's like a maritime slang. I don't know. Me neither. Um, the Maritimes, too, are another magical place as far as Canadians go. Uh, went out there once. I had a great time. Met some great people. After a concert, we were in a van, and we just... were. We windows open singing to Beatles songs. Some guys on the street corner had sing along with us, and they were like, "Where are you going?" They're like, "We're going to McDonald's," and they're like, "Quick, come to!" We just opened the door and said, "Hop on in!" And just three. Or, we thought it was three guys. It ended up being like six guys jumped into our already full van, and we were like, "This is so fucking sketchy." We just drove down to McDonald's. I uh, I've never been to the Maritimes. Very friendly place. <clears throat> All right, and like up in Toronto too. Again, as much as Toronto gets, I, I from from Montrealers, Toronto gets kind of the short end of the stick of being the. Ugh, boring city. It's still really nice people. Like when you're up in yeah, Toronto so... and you're like just out and about. Like I, oh no, I can't wait to say that. Fuck. <sighs> but I, I was sitting in the gay district once having dinner, and a guy walked past this like balcony we were sitting on and goes, "Oh my god, your shirt's amazing! Can I take a photo real quick?" And just like took a selfie with me. Can we acknowledge that so many cities in Canada have gay districts? Montreal has one. Toronto has one. Vancouver has one. I don't know of any cities in the U.S. that have a specific, like, not like it's a, it's not like a sequestered thing, but an actual, like, nominally mentioned gay district. Uh, I feel like New York has. New York might, but I wouldn't, I, I haven't, I've only been once, and this was a few years ago. Yeah, I, I know New York does, because I've been through it before with a friend of mine who is, uh, homosexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like New Orleans would have one, just with Mardi Gras and shit. There must be a gay area there. New Orleans has a lot going on. Another place um, I really want to go to. I mean, to be fair, Orlando with the the Pulse nightclub shooting. I think they did mention it was in the gay district. So maybe yeah. I should. Maybe I'll, I'll take that back then. I guess there there are U.S. cities that there are some. I just feel like Canada has a lot, and I guess because we live here, we're biased. We know them a bit better. I think that's a lie. Also, the people who commented on this Facebook post are mostly Canadian. Um, True. I'm going to go on to the more serious stuff now. Oh, ooh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So let's go to my cousin. My cousin Brian. He uh, was born here in Montreal, but he moved to the States with his family um, about a decade ago. There's a decade Seattle, ago. Seattle, right? Florida. Right. Florida. Uh, <laughs> it's Total okay. opposite end uh, of the no, country, but close. I'm good. It was a good, it was a good guess. Uh, he says, right now I choose Canada in a heartbeat. I know it has its fair share of problems. Trudeau hasn't followed up on a ton of his campaign promises from what I've read. But it's still a strong, stable first world country that I'd be happy to return to any time. But not Quebec. I'm not fluent enough in French. However, should the U.S. return to a liberal slash progressive leader, I'd want to live there, given that many of mo- that most of my connections and friends are there. Honestly, I'd live in either, depending on the leadership and overall zeitgeist of the country. Well put, and I guess it really does prove the point of that neither one is particularly better than the other. They both have their advantages, but... Everything is situational. I mean, we could kick Trudeau out tomorrow and elect our own Canadian Trump. There is a there is a woman running uh, for leadership of the Conservative Party who is very very similar to Trump's values. So let's not uh, let's not toot our own horns too much because these values do exist in Canada, mm-hmm. and there are people who will support them. And there are hate crimes that have happened here in Canada. I know of a couple that happened very very close to where I live. Um, so I don't know, as much as like, 
you know, obviously this is going to be a little more serious of an episode, I'm realizing. I'm okay with but that. that's okay. You know, we're, we're not going to make too many funnies, but our friend Mary is actually doing a very good job of, like, tweeting about this on social mm-hmm. media and that, like, let's not get caught up in the fact that, yes, our leader right now is a lot more progressive than the one in the States because not too long ago, as we said, we had someone, he, I don't, like, I wouldn't even compare him to Trump. I don't think he was on that level, but definitely instilled a very similar culture of, conservatism and protectionism mm-hmm. maybe not to the level of donald trump but it, it, enough comparisons can be drawn to prove that he was the kind of guy who was very much for canadian nationalism and very much that's it these viewpoints are not exclusive to people who live in the states there are very much people uh, we should know especially as people who live in quebec mm-hmm. there are absolutely people who believe the same things that some people in the South believe. I mean, I hate to make the comparison, but we look back at, um, was it Indiana that had the, the, uh, the current vice president-elect was from, I believe it's Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And he had put a law there where essentially anyone could turn anyone away based on their religious beliefs. Something like that. I so essentially you could walk into a bakery and go, I need a cake for my boyfriend. They go, oh, you're gay? Get out of my fucking shop. And there was nothing wrong with this. Yes, you can refuse service, uh, you know, people looking up you know looking for the the morning after pill could be refused service as well mm-hmm. because abortion is not a, yeah. a christian held belief yeah um, and I, I, what i want to tie it into though is if that were an option in quebec for a french-run institution to deny a non-french speaker we would have just as many problems yes luckily I mean, we live in as much as quebec has its fair share of language issues they are never. They're, they're not nearly as bad as they were several years ago. Quebec has language issues, but at the same time, it does have a very progressive human rights um, opinion. Mm-hmm. For example, yes, the language issue rages strong, and we do have our own issues in that regard. But something like abortion or morning after pills or you know religious sex education, di- sex education, kind of differing religious beliefs. Generally, that's pretty good. I mean, yes, there was that controversy with the charter values and things like that. That you know, yeah. But I don't it, know. It's like, been it's a, a lot. It, to it's get a lot into. less. And they were voted out. They were voted, like the government, the provincial government that tried to instill that charter was voted out. Yeah. As was the federal government that tried to instill the barbaric practices hotline to report your neighbors for like doing religious stuff that you didn't agree with. They were voted out, so as much as those pro- you know problems exist, they are in a minority. Mm-hmm. They are, but they are there, and we can't sit here and say, "Well, these problems don't happen in Canada because they do." It all it takes is one guy with a can of spray paint to start, you know, to spray a swastika on a wall and say, "Like Jews get out." You know, like I said, it's one guy, but that view is still there, and everyone's going to see it, and it's going to yeah. be on the news. It's going to be all over the place. So. The same thing as we're seeing a lot of people reporting stories now in the States of all these hate crimes that are coming up. Often the perpetrator is one person, a group of, a small group of people. But it's still being used to indicate the larger problem that exists is that mm-hmm. America voted this type of government in. Or a government that doesn't necessarily outwardly, you know, disapprove of this. You know, I'm trying to be politically correct. but um, No, but you're right. That is like the big issue is right as we stand... I could not go move to America, given its current political standing. But it is still a country with a lot of good things going for it. Yes. I might be a bit wary 
come January on any trips I take out there, I'll be a little more akin to what's happening in that particular state before I cross that borderline. But it does force me to think a little more before I think about the U.S. Yes, but I don't think things are going to get to that point. At least not. I hope not. That's the goal. We hope not. I hope not. Um, I mean, yes, like I said, there's absolutely reason for people to be nervous and uncertain of what's going Mm -hmm. to happen. But I believe that on an individual level, there is a lot that would not pass. Or I'm, I'm, I'm maybe this is like me speaking optimistically. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I do not belong to these marginalized groups that have been specifically targeted by the current president-elect. So my speaking is not very, very integrated. Yeah. It's very detached. It's very like from outside. So I guess at the same time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here and say, well, everything's going to be fine. And like... Of course it's going to be fine for me, because I'm white. I'm... In another country. In another... I, yes, I'm <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> but, you know... You are so far removed from this problem. And again, yes, people will turn around and say that... I, I even look example of um, Paul and I were looking at buying a house. We mm-hmm. still are. But suddenly, my stocks, which are mostly or almost entirely in U.S. companies, took a small hit when the election went through. Yes. The U.S. dollar dropped, and that dropped the Canadian dollar. So we're still in the same place with them, but anything outside of Canada and the overall dollar value has worsened. Um, I mean, we haven't seen anything happen to the Canadian housing market at least yet, so we're still kind of in a good place. I don't anticipate the Canadian housing market. Uh, no, no, no. I hope not. I, I hope, hope not. not. Unless people really do start trying to move to Canada. And then as, as joking as it is, I'm sure it's in a very small way real. Real, but at the same time, I think a lot of people who say they're going to do it, like, people realize, people don't necessarily realize that it's not exactly easy to just up and move to another country. No, but like you said before, as much as we see, you know, it's not everyone, there's still some. There will be some who, who do it, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think... No, I don't think it'll affect that. I don't think it'll be like, like you know, Paul and I go, well, we want this house. Sorry, the offer from that American couple came through and their money's worth more. America stealing our houses. Ah, they took our jobs. Took our hooses. They took our hooses. But uh, let me get into a couple of last comments because, again, they're Yeah, we're coming close on time. I don't want to hear the rest of the comments. So we got Adam, our our old friend. Mm -hmm. Old friend Adam. Canada was rated one of the happiest countries to live in the world. Yeah, we did. actually, which says something about us. We're not perfect, but we have high values. We're very open-minded. We value equality. Of course, this doesn't resonate with everyone, but it is a glimpse of what I see and how people see us. And that is true. Whenever I bring up... So I do a lot of online gaming, and very often the people you play with tend to be other Americans. I think only twice I've ever played online with a group of randoms where one of them was Canadian, even. Right. I'm lucky if I even find one who's like, oh, I grew up and chose to learn French, so I can say, bonjour, comment ça va, moi j'appelle Eric. Eric. Like, that's impressive. Shout out to Eric. Shout out to Eric, the random guy I played on with on Destiny once, who I think lived in Florida. Ah, boy, maybe he's a snowbird. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, but anyways, again, like, and as soon as people say, oh, you're from Canada, oh, how is this, or what's up, and oh, you have Tr- Trudeau's amazing, I hear, and like, I get those jokes, like, the, the, all those things we make fun of ourselves, like, oh, we're happy Canadians out in a boot with our polar bears, it is a very, not a common belief, but a common stereotype of us that is kind of, it resonates with Americans, and it's kind of fun. I would say it's not a common belief, but at the same time, there is some of it that people do believe. Like, obviously, people don't think we live in igloos. 
or smart people don't think we live in igloos Again. and stuff like that. But <laughs> generally, I think you're right. That's it. But generally, the friendly Canadian stereotype is one that a lot of people hold. The same way mm-hmm. people hold the, you know, I don't know, Australians call each other cunts all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Swedish people are very, like, private and, like, not not unfriendly, but closed off. And things. so they're, they're, they're Women just, in Iceland are just gorgeous. Blonde. Yeah, so that's it. So there's things like that that people hold, and, you know, Russian people drink a lot of vodka and things like that. And there's these stereotypes that aren't totally true, but aren't maybe untrue, or... I don't know. I don't want to, like, make any assumptions about a group of people I've never met. Not to make an assumption... Again, even if you don't make the assumption, every stereotype comes from somewhere, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like, no one comes up with the stereotype of nice Canadians... Because there's no things nice Canadian. No, it's because most Canadians they had met have been nice, so that stereotype does build That's up. That's it. There is no grand stereotype committee that like Canadians will be known as nice. Jews have money. Jews will they be control known as... the media in Hollywood. There is some like a stereotype. A stereotype is generally like a bastardization of, or or it's very very much based on anecdotal evidence that gets brought up in the media and reproduced and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And we we all know where stereotypes generally come from, except for people who legitimately believe stereotypes. As yeah. being reflective of everything or every member of that group that they are stereotyping. But again, whole other discussion. <laughs> We're really good on the whole other discussion subject. We are. It's just like I don't know. I don't want to like I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent because you know, I could say so much about stereotypes yeah. and the. Because we are well, we are low on time and there are still comments. I There's imagine. one comment. It is Let's from hear. Gina, your mother-in-law. My my new mother-in-law, your Gina, mother-in-law. who I know isn't listening. But if you decide to randomly listen, shout out. Well, hey, thanks for commenting either way. Yeah. Um, Canada, our collective culture is inherently kinder and more open. We have all grown up with a sense of social responsibility and a willingness to help those in need. I hope that going forward we see even more of this. I think it should be part of the school curriculum starting in kindergarten and going all the way through university. That each person must make a social contribution by way of time commitment to the welfare of the greater goo. Greater good, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine how amazing that would be and how many problems we could solve? Raised on social responsibility from a young age, I think it's something most people would continue and be gratified by for the rest of their lives. Fantastically well put. But again, a great point for how she feels as a proud Canadian. Yes. Who's to say that other countries don't feel this? I, I guarantee don't you. I think she's necessarily, you know, inferring that other countries don't feel this. No, 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 what I meant think... at all. But just saying, like, I only hope that other countries feel that same way. And I feel like anyone growing up in the country they call home and are proud to be part of should feel the way that Gina feels people do feel in Canada. Yes, but unfortunately there are people in other countries and people in Canada who don't feel the overwhelming need to help their neighbor. And, mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think the whole world could, be, could do well to be raised in a curriculum that includes social responsibility. Like I, for example, was fortunate enough to have a small portion of my high school career uh, a mandatory community service class. Really? Where I actually went out and did community service, and it was pass-fail, and if you didn't pass, you didn't graduate. That's cool. Like More schools need that. That's it. Schools, you... I'm, schools, I'm talking to you, do that thing. Yes. Mr. School, he the lord of all things school. <laughs> this weird ethereal being that is just, like, puppeteering teachers. So it is written, so it shall be. <laughs> I will throw my Hillary notebooks and burn them and give you a sacrifice of... What a Canadian reference, Hillary. <laughs> well, I could them Canada notebooks. Uh, are they from Hillary anyways, the same brand? I don't know. It's been a while. Ugh. But, 
Yeah, that would be cool. And just being like, 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 uh, like, uh, your mother-in-law says being raised in social responsibility. I think I don't necessarily know that our culture is like, like, I'm not just targeting her. I'm saying a lot of people who I guess replied the more serious comments sort of Mm -hmm. implied that Canada is just raised that way. I don't know if I necessarily agree. There are areas in the state sure that are are brought up with a very, uh, different education. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are also areas in the states that are brought up with a very, very similar education to the one that people commonly associate with Canada. This this education based around openness and equality and diversity and multiculturalism. And there are places in Canada probably where these values are not as pronounced. And I think, you know, again, you have to look into how the political system and the religious system are intertwined in both of these countries. But I don't know if there isn't for me, like, I love Canada. I would like to live in Canada for the rest of my life if I can, if it makes sense, if mm-hmm. I can make a living. But I don't know, like, but like you said, the states have their have their good things, and like so many times, how many times do my parents go down to the states to buy groceries of things that they just cannot get in Canada? Yeah, and again, that's a very like minute and. I'd say artificial reason are like the oh the advantages Americans have over Canadians because of products and shipping and uh, I mean like the number of contests I've tried to enter where it's like oh US only yeah that was a thing yeah you you get a lot of that kind of stuff like those little things that the US gets that Canada doesn't because we're not America we are not a center of the universe yes but at the same time obviously to a much lesser extent we have things that do not exist in the US Poutines? Ketchup chips. Never was a huge fan of ketchup chips. No, me neither, but... It is our unique thing. All dressed. Is, that's the more important one. That's it. All dressed. So, I mean... I don't know. I think I think you had meant this topic to be a lot more, like, lighthearted and fun. And, I don't know. When it comes to Canada versus the U.S., especially with current events being as they are, it's just automatically going to be very politically charged. And I'm okay with that. As much as I wanted a lighthearted topic, I knew it might get darker, and I was very okay with that happening. Uh, I think what it really comes down to is, if not for the current political standing, I could see the U.S. being a very easy place to go live. Yeah. And even if tomorrow I were offered a job that was, just really was worth the job, if I found a reason to go to the U.S. because of a job and the job was really worth it, I would go in a heartbeat. Like, given, even given the current political standings, given what Canada has versus what the U.S. has, if tomorrow someone said, hey, that dream job you wanted to go do that thing you've always wanted to do in any state, really, I would probably look into it. If it was California, Hawaii, or, like... Ideal. I would jump on it. But, like, if it were Nebraska or Alaska, I'd be a little bit more wary, but I'd probably still, I'd probably still like, heavily look into it. That's it. There are friendly people who exist everywhere. That's it. I don't think I don't think I can imagine going somewhere in the U.S. where I wouldn't find good people. As much as you know, certain places like the South in the like you know South uh, kind of get a little more of like a shadier, uh, rednecky vibe. We know people in Texas who clearly voted against what was currently happening, and I would love to go work for. We do. We do. I mean, and, and even in like the more Texas is a bit of a. A lot of people use Texas as like this big like gun tootin' rootin' pootin' dootin' blah 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 state, you know? Hey there, pilgrim and such. But um, Does that Texas. Call people pilgrims. 
Yeah, everyone in Texas. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Texas gets this rap. I don't think Texas deserves a rap. If you're looking more for like those deep South, like Cletus and Alabama, such, Alabama, Mississippi, um, etc. And even there, you will probably find some very, very lovely people. Oh yeah, for sure. Who are just like, hey, you're a friend. You're again. Cool. The stereotype comes from somewhere. It doesn't mean that everyone has to fit it 100%. I know some Canadians who are absolute cocks. We all do. Yeah. There are absolutely some people who we know who live in Canada who are just, ugh, terrible yeah. people. Terrible people. And we're not just talking about, like, the, the, the former prime ministers of this world. <laughs> yeah, that's, are, what, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> yes, but we also know people on a personal, you know scale who yeah. are just not good people and mm-hmm. this is not an inherently american thing and just because they are raised in canada where perhaps we were given this more open inclusive upbringing doesn't mean someone is going to adhere to that it means that people still form their values versus what information they choose to take in if someone decides to go on a bunch of white supremacist web- websites doesn't matter where they're from they're gonna be shitty people either way yep that's right, white supremacists, all of our white supremacists listening right now, I'm calling I y'all out. really hope we don't have any. I also really hope we don't have any, but, you know, Jimbo, uh, I assume your name is Jimbo. Jimbo sounds like a white supremacist name, yeah. Jimbo. Fuck you, Jimbo. Yeah, fuck Jimbo. Hashtag fuck Jimbo. <laughs> hashtag fuck Jimbo. We need a hashtag. We need... Sure, we haven't got a hashtag in the episode yet. If you're still listening, hashtag fuck Jimbo. Post it oh, on Twitter. The best thing is going to be the fact that we're releasing these so late now. This hashtag is going to come up where I have no fucking memory of them. That's the it. fuck is this? Hashtag, just someone's tweets. Yeah, fuck you, KKK. Hashtag fuck Jimbo. Did we do that? When, when is this? <laughs> How did we get here? It's, it's, it's March. What's going on? <laughs> Anyways, uh, back think... to our cold, polar bear ridden landscape. We must uh, go. Your, uh, your dog sled is outside awaiting you. Yes, I have to go hunt and bring in meat for. Yes, must go club some seals because I am hungry for dinner. I am also hungry. Yeah, I'm actually kind of hungry. Looking at my wristless watch, my <laughs> my watchless wrist. This this arm here thinks that I am hungry. <laughs> Let me check the old hunger meter. Oh uh, yeah, that's an arm. It's wasting away. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's but, going uh, off the hook. Trying to remember how this goes again. It's been a while. So we thank Andrea for the amazing we art do. at Airy Smiles. Hopefully she starts listening. I know she was listening to us before our hiatus, but hopefully, uh, hopefully she'll come back. And yeah, I've been keeping in touch with her over Twitter quite a bit at Airy Smiles. If you're looking for her, she's great. Uh, she started doing Twitch streaming now. She'll actually stream at just some drawings now, which is really cute. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she's been it's been pretty inconsistent because of just like life and stuff, which yeah, but we that's approve. fair. So have we. Yeah, that's it. Who are we to say? No commentary. Literally just stating a fact if you're like, oh boy, they said she'd be doing a stream tonight. What do you mean she canceled tonight's stream? It could happen. Deal with it. Shut the fuck up. It it does happen. Life life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, but thank you again. We we're still using those those logo that logo for our logo. Mm-hmm. And we're still uh, you know, such. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as usual you can find us on the Twitter sphere at Boxless Thought and Ah, I kind of like how I like gestured at you like Vanna White style, but no one can see this and I'm still doing it. I can see it. And then you put on the creepiest voice I've ever heard you put on? Yep. Well, um, I mean, that was, that's not tradition, but I figured I'd, you know, try it out. I like it. Fun voices. They're good. Pool. <laughs> and, you know, you can, uh, one day we should get a Twitter account going for the actual show itself. 
Yeah, that's it'd be an easy way to, to be able to respond to it. That's yeah. something to discuss off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk to us on Facebook. Yeah. And you can talk to us in person. You can call me. Don't. But, like, you could. I would say text. Text would be the better option. Text is better because I... I when was the last time someone legitimately called you? Like, not like, uh, you know, your, like, dentist calling to remind you to book an appointment, which is a weird example uh, to pull up. I get, I get phone calls. I mean, it's more... It's usually it's either my mom or my girlfriend. True, you have a girlfriend who lives quite a ways away, so it makes sense Sometimes for Sometimes we'll call. talk on the phone. And, and that's... I think it's, it's logistically, it's my mother is, like, the only... That, that or, like, if I'm out and Paula calls me. It's, yeah, it's, it's again, the wife or the mother. Okay, well, I'm not at that level, but girlfriend or mother is usually the two. Significant I get other and mother. That's it. I get the I get the call from. But yeah, I'm not giving you my phone number. You're gonna have to ask for it or discover it. It's actually been hidden in this episode using some insane clues. Yes, yeah, so if you go to the coordinates 45.2789x and negative 72.3867y and dig down 20 feet. And then enter the password, which is 420 leet 6969. Uh, and then speak, uh, you know, Gregorian chants into the sky while writhing your arms uh, aimlessly, <laughs> shirtless, bathed in chicken blood. You can get my phone number. Oh, God. We're done. That's the end. That's the end.